This is The Coacherian, where coaches go to grow. Coacherian, like a terrarium for coaches. It's the pocket-sized podcast for leaders who coach to gain skills and confidence. Welcome to The Coacherian. And welcome to another episode of The Cochirium. If you haven't listened before, we're Dana, Wendy, and Gary. This is the smallest podcast spread over the longest distance, over 5,000 miles from here in Dallas via Boise, Idaho to London, England. Now, in each Cochirium episode, we discuss topics related to developing your leadership style and coaching approach. So, Gary, what are we talking about today? In these episodes, we have these themes that we're hearing in our own coaching sessions and we think that it might be something that's really interesting for leaders who coach to think about too and I was thinking about this because it came up two or three times in recent coaching conversations with different people that I'm working with and it's this idea of you know I'm trying to be a better leader but I worry that I'm too nice and when I think about what I need to be to be a leader and I think about who I like to be those are two different things. There's a particular person I'm thinking of where we talked about, I, I, the question I asked was, what do you want it to feel like to be one of your direct reports? And they said, I want the person to feel supported and I want the person to feel developed and I want the person to feel they have opportunities and I want them to feel that they can work in the way they want at the times they want, that it can be appropriately flexible. And I, I want them to feel not under stress, under undue stress or under undue pressure. And I went, that sounds amazing. What's the challenge side of that? And they said, oh, well, what do you mean the challenge side? And we got into this conversation about how do you get somebody to be in really high performance mode? You need high support. You've got the time. You've got the capabilities. You've got the tools you need to do the job. And also a sense of challenge. You know, how are you going to stretch yourself? How are you going to do something you've never done before? How are you going to take on responsibility that you've never taken on before? And I think what really came out of that conversation was the powerful question in the middle of the coaching session was, where do you do that today? And that leader said, with my children is where I do that today. And I feel completely comfortable to do that with mm -hmm. my children. But I don't feel at all comfortable to do it with somebody that is a direct report of mine. And I thought that was really interesting because I think that that's going to be really common. There's lots of people who've developed their careers not in management and leadership, and now they're in a position of management and leadership. And I see this a lot, that the people that come through before their managers or before their leaders, you know, and this is a good thing. It's really important to them that people are treated well, that people are treated with respect, that everybody's happy and everyone's fulfilled. And they don't have to do so much of the challenge side because they're not the manager and the leader. So when they get elevated into that role, it feels like the thing you now need to do is tell people what to do. The thing you now need to do is tell people when they're not doing it right. The thing you now need to do is set somebody a target that is beyond what they ever would have done before. And it all feels nasty and bad and hard but actually as a leader finding a way to do that that is authentic to you that creates a sense of good challenge and stretch to go with a supportive work environment actually makes you a more powerful and effective leader and your team thank you because they've got into that high performance state and they've progressed further and faster and more effectively in what they're doing so it's a really interesting 
dilemma that I think I'm, I'm hearing a lot uh, and it's showing up a lot. And I think that it's something really interesting for leaders who coach to, to reflect on. Does it come up for either of you in your own leadership or, or with people that you're working with? Definitely. In, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I've definitely encountered people who feel like they have to be mean to be a good leader. Have, I mean, have you felt, have you found that Dana? Yes. And I think that's kind of an old mindset. Don't you think, mm. or do you think that's come with diff different generations? I mean, I can, the, the people that are coming to my mind right now are a bit older, but, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. so yes, I, I'm trying to think if I've encountered that in a younger I've generation. Defi I, I've definitely yet. encountered that in the mm -hmm. younger generation. Um, yeah, you and, have. and okay. that surprised me, I think, because I was expecting that not to be the case. But I think there was the sense of those people are either looking up to more senior people and going, I'm supposed to copy what they do, and therefore it's transmitting down the generations. Or it's just effective. I think sometimes when people find a way of leading and they get some quick payback, not in a good way, but they do get payback. So, you know, if you lock all your people in a room and make them work to midnight, you do get a lot of output for the first day or two or three. And then at some point they start to mutiny. But if they if they keep getting output, then they're going to go, well, this is clearly the way to lead because look at the great output that we're getting and look at the bonus that I earned for doing that thing. So I, I do sometimes see that in younger people as well. Hmm. And, and I think it even goes back, I'm going to go really deep now. <laughs> I'm going to go back to how, what messages you received yeah. as a child that you maybe weren't good enough, because I think this gets into a little bit of people pleasing. Hmm. And are you still driven by those messages in your business today? And if I'm nice to everybody, I can get what I want. But if I'm not nice, I'm not going to get what I want. And I think just having a little exercise where you think about, you know, what have I said yes to that I shouldn't have said yes to? Or am I letting everybody take over my time? Or am I not really having that conversation I need to have because I'm scared of making this person mad um, or frustrating and I want to keep everybody happy on the team? Well, that's people-pleasing, right? So I think it goes back deeper. I'm, that's why I'm going to challenge you all to think about that. Have you ever thought about that? And how to set boundaries when you find yourself boundaries with yourself and not be a people pleaser. Well, um, I think there's one, that's one side know. of it, right? But then the other mm -hmm. side of it is, is who, what were the uh, voices that you listened to when you were younger that you thought were good leaders? So if, if you found yeah. that either your parent or your boss or your coach or whoever was strong in and what you know some of us might call mean in their delivery uh but yet they were successful mm -hmm. then that might be what you feel like you have to emulate yeah and and i think there's some work to be done there um all regardless whether you're either one way or the other or extreme or you're kind of learning to be in the middle um and it's learning to, to say as a leader what how can I help develop this person? And what am I doing that's getting in the way 
if I'm people if I'm people pleasing and just being you know not really saying what I need to say are they going to grow and I always say I'm training you so that if you go to the next level or you go to the next department I don't want to pass on a problem I want to make sure we're addressing it now so that you can be your best and that when you you know anybody that comes out of my group we're helping them be their best and we're going to talk about it and and it took a while to get to that as I grew my leadership from 21 to, you know, in my 50s. It took a while. But they knew that. They knew that. And I and I said that to myself. I don't want to, because I've taken on other people's people that I thought, why didn't you work with them on this? Why are you passing a problem over to me um, that I'm having to deal with now, right? So I think about that. I think about where they go next after me. And I always want them to have grown and, and had a good experience. And if I don't tell them, or don't help them be their best, then they're just going to continue. And I think that's the that thing, habit, what you're describing there, Dana. So the leaders that I'm working with who have this challenge of, I don't want to be the nasty person. I like being the nice person. Then I worry that I'm not leading properly. Mm-hmm. When I ask them why they don't, why they can't move away from just everything's wonderful for the, for the person is because they feel bad about themselves when they do that. They don't like being that person who's challenging. Yeah. And and then I say, well, you know, if you were to give your kids everything that they wanted all the time, what would happen? And they went, oh, that wouldn't be very good at all. And then they describe these complete mm-hmm. sort of tyrant children. And mm-hmm. I said, well, what do you think happens with your team when you go, everything you could possibly want is handed to you on a plate and there's no expectation of, you know, with your children, you might go, you can have the nice things if you help with the washing up and you, you know, do some laundry and you tidy your room and whatever it is. There's always a payoff. And what you're doing is you're developing in them an understanding mm-hmm. that you have to work. And when you work, that you, you know, you get reward, but things you don't get things for free. Um, and then the pivot comes when they go, I am being better for those people. I am helping them more. I am therefore being kinder and nicer to them if I create an environment where they can stretch and develop and grow, because actually putting them in this indulgent space doesn't grow Mm -hmm. them because they don't have that opportunity to be in the difficult place where they don't know how to do anything, everything all the time. You know, I'm often working with people where they struggle with particularly junior teams. You know, if they've, if they've, and it's challenging at the moment because people that have gone to university in the last two, three, four years have had a very disrupted university experience. They're now new graduates in the workplace and they don't necessarily have some of the discipline skills, some of the you know, basic sort of spelling and grammar skills that others that had a more typical university experience, for example, had had before. And I'm saying, well, but how do you help them to understand what the expectation of quality is before a piece of work comes to you? Um, and they feel that it's challenging even to say to somebody, you know, that's not good enough quality and what's happening is those leaders are spending you know they're up late at night correcting the work of all of their team and they're not feeling comfortable to -hmm. turn it around and say that's not okay but if it were their children they go your room's not tidy enough Mm -hmm. tidy it some more Mm -hmm. and then i'll come back in half an hour's time they're completely comfortable to do it with their children but there's this kind of mental block between their children and and their their direct reports now i don't have children but i know you both do have children do you resonate with that idea of what you can take from parenting into the workplace? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I think it's such a great analogy. Yeah. And I think there's that 
we have to find that balance, right? We have to find that uh, the line between uh, being too nice, being too mean. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what does that look like to really, you know, some people refer to it as shepherding a child, right? I mean, coaching uh, someone to just help develop them through that process. I, I, I know I tried it all. Uh, with my kids. I tried yelling. It didn't work on my kids. <laughs> and I, did, I tried um, the super nice pushover stuff too. I got pushed over, uh, knocked over that, you know, I, I had to learn. Um, I had to learn, well, first of all, what motivated my kids and then apply that, right? Like, I mean, I can't tell you how helpful it was to understand my kids' strengths, uh, just like it is working with your team, right? So understanding what each one of them needs and being able to uh, coach or parent according to their needs. With as many foster kids that you have helped raise, I can only imagine what you've learned in guiding them, shepherding them, um, as well as your own. I, I, I can only imagine what that would be like, Wendy. So I would think that you have a lot of experience of what you what you learned. And I would love to hear what you learned um, that you're now using in the workplace. It's, uh, I mean, you wouldn't be surprised to know I have individualization at like number seven, because it's, yes. it is the tailored approach. Uh, and whenever people have asked me, mm-hmm. You know, I, I said, I learned that one schooling, one method of schooling is not appropriate for all of them. You know, we all learn differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, teaching someone how to drive might work for one kid, but the way you did it with that kid doesn't work with the other one, right? I mean, it's the same thing in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I think just how you interact with the person needs to be tailored to their, um, their style, and that's how I've, whenever I have been successful, because there's been plenty of failures, that's the most successful. So, yeah. Oh, that's such good advice. Well, this has been a, a great episode. I, I've really enjoyed listening to both of your perspectives um, on how to uh, coach someone um, when they feel like they're being too nice. Um, so just quickly before we finish, most listeners don't yet follow the podcast. Every additional follower we get helps us to raise the profile of the podcast and bring you more episodes. So if you can do one thing for us today, then please hit the, the follow button and get updated whenever we put new content live. But if you can do a second thing for us today, could you share the podcast with a friend? Thanks for listening and tune in next time. Thanks, Dana. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Gary. This has been another episode of The Coacharium. Follow, like, and subscribe to our content to receive updates on future episodes. Join us again soon in The Coacharium.